0: Hey everybody, it's Joel from The Board Game Mechanics. You're listening to The Board Game Mechanics. With me, as always, is... Hey guys, what is going on? It is Jason. And we are... Man, we're zipping right through August, Jason. We're going to be at Essen before we know it, for sure. Oh yeah, I'm totally going this year. Are you? Oh yeah, I got tickets already. Round trip. I I think you're lying. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mr. I don't go to Gen because we didn't get press credentials. Is is splun is splunging. That's a that's a really bad sounding word. Is sp- is what are the word I'm looking for here? S- splurging, I think, splurging. is what they are looking for. Yes. Splurging. <laughs> on that good, good European airfare to go to, to Essen. So well cool. I wouldn't mind going to Essen before I die, but uh, I'm gonna wait until uh, I don't know. Till uh, till Till uh, I don't know, one of our, our favorite board game companies wants us to come over there and, and represent them. I don't know. We'll see. That would be sweet. It'll probably be uh Prospero hall. Yeah. It could be. They're they're kind of <laughs> loving us right now. Well, he is. I mean, that yeah, he is, he's yeah. a, he's a cool dude. Uh, that's a little joke. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you wouldn't know about it. So follow us on Facebook. So, uh, or watch some of our more recent reviews. Um, you know, actually, Jason, I was thinking about it. Uh, I think I've got a way for you to get to Gen Con next year, uh, whether we get press credentials or not. And I'm hoping we do by then because, I mean, we're we're kind of getting to be okay, you know. But if we don't, I'm positive that plenty of our connections will let us to go and do demos for them. And then they let you in the hall for free and you just do demos all day. So that's kind of fun. I've done that before. It's it's not bad. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I can dig that. Yeah, I mean, find one of the companies that you like, find a game you like, and they'll they'll bring you on, they'll give you a t-shirt, they'll give you their real good Indie Boards and Cards t-shirt, and you just do demos all day. So, <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. It, yeah, it is. Hey, guess what, Jason? I've got some really great news for you. What's that? I don't have a game this week, so uh, I guess we can get right to it. Uh, this week, we're going to look at our 2018 games that we loved. Do we still love them? We're going to look at the first five that we talked about. And then we're also going to hit that news and games played, which we always do. And I think I've got some exciting games to talk about this week. And I think so does Jason. So let's get right to it. All
1: right. So I found a couple things on Kickstarter that I wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, The first game that I wanted to talk about is a game called Taxi Derby. And it's by a company called Skip Shot Games. It has 14 days to go, and the base pledge is $34. And what this game is, is it's a pick-up-and-deliver game where each player is controlling a taxi, hence the name Taxi Derby. But you're trying to pick up passengers and deliver them to the certain locations as quickly as possible. Sometimes that may get the cops on your tail, so you're going to have to outrun the cops as well. And the rub here is customers only will get into your cab if you have certain times of upgrades. So there's luxury, there's Wi-Fi there's um, two other ones that I can't remember. But in order to pick up certain people, you either have to have one or maybe all four of the different types of upgrades. So you're trying to get upgrades, make the upgrades even better, go find people that you can pick up and deliver them to score a pile of points. So if you like pick up and deliver and you think that's an interesting theme, go check that out. Again, that's Taxi Derby, 14 days, $34.
0: I think they're uh, indestructible tires and the like gas trunk, the gas... Uh, like tanker follows you around it's either in that game or millborne i don't remember which one has <laughs> those two things but yeah it could be either uh that actually sounds kind of cool it sounds like wasteland express but with kind of a cooler theme uh, honestly i mean the post-apocalyptic theme is really cool in wasteland express but i think just being a taxi driver with certain upgrades is kind of cool too it might be a like little lighter version of wasteland express maybe um but kind of cool pickup and deliver games aren't necessarily my bag but i don't mind them either so i'll have to check that one out yeah,
1: um, the board is made of four different sections. Each section is two-sided, so the board is huge. Like, I saw it on the table, and it took up, like, this whole person's table, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's a way better board than Wasteland Express. Wasteland Express is, like, all these little diamonds that you're laying out and hexes, and it takes forever to set up. But it makes it so the game would never play the same twice in a row. But it's, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's, I think it's probably going to itch a lot of the same scratch that, that Wasteland Express has, and probably a lighter package and cheaper. For 34 bucks. that's pretty good. Yeah.
1: It's a super good deal. Um, so, the next thing I wanted to talk about is not a game, but it's board game related. And what this is, it's called Mr. Meeple Board Game Shirts. Kickstarter news was – Kickstarter is pretty slow right now, so I was trying to find what I could. So, basically what this is, is you can go on here and you can back these shirts from this company. There are different designs where it has, like, meeples incorporated into the designs. There's, like – just a cool pattern with a bunch of like meeples. There's uh, like a meeple with a top hat that looks kind of cool. So if you're interested in that and you like to support companies that do board game related, so we'll say board game adjacent stuff, then go check this out. Uh, when the re- um, podcast drops, it has two days left. And one shirt is $18. And if you get two, it's 34 So Mr. Meeple board game shirts.
0: Yeah, another clothing company that's just uh, launched at Gen Con time uh, is Tabletop Inc., um, Tabletop Inc. is the name of the company. They do mostly T-shirts, uh, similar prices, um, but some other designs there as well. And this is uh, – I'm not going to name her by name, but like it's a person who's been pretty friendly to our show, uh, is trying to launch this, and she's a good person. So I think that she's running a legit business. Some of their designs are pretty neat. So uh, check out Tabletop Inc. That's one to keep an eye on maybe as much as anything. They're a brand-new company. So um, kind of adjacent to that clothing thing. I, I wouldn't mind having a couple shirts that are, are – Probably displaying my love of board games, to be honest. So that's yeah, pretty I, agree.
1: Neat. I agree. I agree. I think it's pretty neat when they do int- like they look like normal shirts, but they have like little hidden gems in there. I think those are neat.
0: Yeah, and like literal gems, like they're bedazzled, which is kind uh, of cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so those are the two things that I had that are cool. And you mentioned tabletop ink. So I don't know if you have anything else to talk about, but I do. You, can... you
0: always pretend like you don't know Jason, but you know, you know, <laughs> if you give me a chance to talk, I'm going to talk. So, uh, burgle brothers Two. I don't think we have really talked about this one yet. It's Fowers games. Uh, Burgle Brothers, the first one, um, I played it once. Kind of a neat game. It's more of a neat concept than it is actual good game, I think. Uh, it's, a, it's a good game, but it's just got a lot of table presents. It's really fun. It feels like you're playing with toys, kind of. Um, you're basically pulling off a heist, and there's multiple tiers of the building. Um, but Burgle Brothers 2 is on Kickstarter right now, and I know that Burgle Brothers has been hard to get from time to time. Fowers Games is just a small enough company that they aren't able to keep stuff in stock all the time. So when a batch comes out, um, it's something worth checking out and uh, and looking at pretty hard. Uh, but Burgo Brothers too looks like just the second chapter in it. It's you know like an Ocean's Eleven board game where you are going through all these different dimensions, trying to you know be stealthy and get get the objectives done. Um, but I really like that it's like three dimensional. That's really neat. Um, have you played Burgo Brothers, Jason? No, I want to. It
1: seems kind of interesting, but yeah, I haven't had a chance.
0: It's in a shockingly small box. That was the thing that shocked me about it, too. It's it's a lot smaller than you think it would be, but it's, it's actually really good. Uh, and then the other one, too, is this is, I don't think, really out there a lot, but the game Root has a digital edition coming out. So uh, look for that. The trailer just came out last week. So if you're a fan of Root but don't have groups to play it with or don't have opportunities to teach people four different board games to play one game – Uh, Root Digital might be the way to go because you could have some AI in there or people who have played before. Um, Root's on my shame shelf for all the reasons I just mentioned. It's just not easy to teach people. Um, It's not one that is just going to be quick to get out. So uh, it definitely suffers from a little bit of of difficulty to get on the table. So I think digital editions of games like that are awesome. So there's one coming out on that as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's cool. I'd like to download this maybe and learn how to play. So then when Somebody has the real game. I'll won't have to get through the explanation and all that mess.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely on my shame shelf. Um, I I need to play it pretty bad. It looks really good, but I don't know. There's so many mixed reviews on it. Like it won every award ever made for board games last year, but then the reviews on it are pretty mixed. That it's just so hard to get to the table, and it takes such a specific group to play it that I don't know. It's just it's tough for me to know. Yeah, that's cool. Jason, I think I'm, uh, I got your cold somehow. From 100 miles away, I got your cold. I, I've got like this sore throat and my head's like just draining and stuff. So at some point after we talk about games played, maybe I'm going to pop some nighttime cold medicine. So we might, get a, we might get a real fun outtake at the end of this show. We'll see. Yeah, good times. Well, cool. Speaking of stuff we played, let's get into it.
1: All right. So I'm going to start off big. I'm going to start off with a Vital Asserta game. And I played with uh, Katie, and we played Lisboa. So she wanted to revisit it to see if she would get, like it better on the second go. And she did. She whooped me by like 30 points. It was bad. But for those of you that don't know what Lisboa is, it's a VTAL game with simple rules. You're playing a card and you're doing an action. But what you're doing with that card and with that action is super intricate. It's all woven together in this web and like one, one action triggers like 13 other things that you can do. And you're basically trying to bribe these nobles so you can build buildings, either government or personal buildings, trying to buy these boats so you can sell goods for money. You're trying to get these buildings so you can produce a certain amount of goods. You're trying to, um, influence the council with these little officials. They help you build buildings. Um, trying to remember what else you can do. You're trying to get in game goal cards, which should not be overlooked because they're super powerful and they're going to yeah. give you the game. Yeah. So K- Katie pretty much kicked my butt because she had like eight gold cards and she had better ones than me. So if you like VTAL and you like games that are super easy to play, but they're just, they just have so much stuff going on, then check this one out. So that's Lisboa.
0: Great game. Everything you said for sure. And I echo that. You have to look at those end goal cards for sure. Um, I've played this game where I'm up by like 40 points in the last round, and then we total up those in-game scoring cards and I lose because I just didn't do anything with them. Um, it does cost you to go do that, but it's usually just generally worth it. It's You get several turns worth of points out of them if you do it right, and especially do it early with the right cards. Yep. So that's definitely a good strategy uh, there to get those cards. Ships are powerful too. Vidal himself will tell you that. So don't overlook the ships. And I think the thing that's cool about this game, Jason, that you touched on um, is it's simple. But, like, there's basically three main – well, really six because you can do a primary or secondary with three right, different yeah. types of cards. And then they, they trigger a whole chain of things. Well, for you to do the whole chain of things and be able to utilize all the subroutines of your main action, you have to be prepared for that action. So it's like you're spending you're spending two or three turns that aren't – completely optimal, to have one completely optimal turn. Um, And I think it's really cool. So, I mean, like, that you're you're really ultimately trying to get this, like, storefront or something built, but you know that you have to do steps A, B, and C, which means taking two other turns doing other stuff. But then also while you're doing those other things, you're going to try and get points for other things that you can do on those actions. It's just, it's really cool how everything's, like, woven together so well really makes this just a great game. And I think this is going to just be a masterpiece that people are playing in 50 years.
1: Yeah, I agree. The and yeah, I'm just gonna add that the production is off the charts. I mean the player boards are amazing. Everything I don't even have the deluxe edition and it's still incredible. Yep. Recess player boards, beautiful art, good colors of player pieces, not the normal red, blue, yellow, green. They're cool different colors. So yeah, this is definitely one of VTAL's best for sure.
0: This is one where you can skip the deluxe edition. I have it, and I don't think you need it. Like this is from somebody who spent money on a deluxe edition. I actually only paid about regular price on it because I got a nice deal, but it's just slightly different shaped meeples and some silk screening on some of like the like little goods tracker thingies. So' it's, it's nice, but it's not worth 30, 40 bucks to get the upgraded version because the regular right. version's so good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. Well, Jason, I played a game that I think is kind of becoming a perennial favorite too. Um, That is Rajas of the Ganges. And I like this one quite a bit more than the last time I played it. Last time I I played it, I I was like a little put off with that tile laying thing. I was like, I think I'm just was a little close minded to tile laying games that I don't like them. And I don't like tile laying games, but this isn't a tile laying game. It's a game with tiles in it, you know?
1: Right. Um,
0: and, And so that tile thing... Um, I, I did well. I won. And I won because I just focused uh, – my strategy on it was just get my workers all unlocked and then I was just going to work on making as much money as I could. Um, so this game is really neat. If you don't know much about it, it's a dice placement game um, where you're always just trying to exchange your dice to get more dice or get little perks to get more dice. It's it's really – you're trying to use the die to build up your empire but you've got to pay attention to your dice because if you run yourself out of die, it takes two full turns to even get a couple die back and you're just struggling to get your die built up. So um, you've got to keep an eye on your die. Keep two or three at least around at all times and take those actions that give you a die. Keep connecting the things that give you a die in order to really use them as your resource. And you're using the pips on your die to, to – Go to certain places to get a certain number of activations. You're building these little like farms and plantations with different goods that you can sell for different prices. And the whole thing is there's two tracks. There's the it's not karma. It's the uh, fame track where the where the point spots are actually pretty big, but they're kind of hard to get. Um, and they're basically adjusted on these other tracks that you can slide over. But you're trying to get fame or money. And money seems like it's a lot easier. In one action, you can get 10, 12, 15 money even sometimes. Uh, But fame is pretty tough. Like if you could get more than about six or seven fame in a round uh, or in a turn – Uh, You're doing pretty well. Um, And it's just hard to get, but the spots are a lot bigger. So I basically did just what I said. I went up the river as quick as I could, got my first extra worker. Um, I basically wasted my river because of that, but that was okay um, because I got my other worker. So I had extra actions the whole game, Use those extra actions to try and get the other workers unlocked. And then once I had a full flock of workers, I just – focused on getting more things built and then getting to that market space early and trying to just get a bunch of money and just fly off that money track as fast as I could. And I just, I raced as hard as I could and as quick as I could. I got mine to overlap and no one else could. And won by overlapping by about maybe four points uh, before anyone else could. So really enjoyed it. When you win a game, you like it more than normal. But a pretty game. The die in it are really nice. The components are really nice. Um, I forgot to glue my first place marker. Uh, Our first, first not place marker, first player marker. It's this little elephant that falls apart. And I'm going to glue it with some Elmer's glue, but I just forgot to do it. So uh, note to self, go glue the elephant. But anyway, I really like Rajas the Ganges. Liked it more this time than last time. I think that as I revisit that game more, I realize it's so good. Um, the other thing too, Jason, before you give you some thoughts on it, um, I had just played this one after I played Voids as a Marco Polo, which is the best dice placement game, I think, out there, period, um, because of that just awesome asymmetrical stuff and just everything so good in that game. Um, this one isn't as good as it. It's really good. But it's not as good as Voyages of Marco Polo. Um, So when you play this one right after Voyages of Marco Polo, it's going to fall a little flat. But playing it fresh, man, it was awesome. So it's a really great game. It's definitely different than Voyages of Marco Polo. So if you like dice placement, having both these games in your collection would work. Um, But just a really good game from R&R. Pretty cheap, too.
1: Yeah, the thing I love about this, well, a couple things. I love the way that the dice are the resources. So, yeah, you have a purple die, but it also matters of the value sometimes. I like how some of the spaces need a die. Some of them do not. So there are some places you can go just with your worker without dice. That's so kind of cool. The third thing I like is I love the river. I like to go up the river as slowly as I can because you can get so many bonuses on that. So, but I do understand what you're saying. Sometimes you have to fly up there to get that dude, that extra guy. But yeah, you can get a ton of bonuses if you take it slow and steady.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Like, one, if you play this game, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's like two spots on the river fairly early where you get to copy another spot on that little sidetrack where, like, you visit the different Sultans or something. Yeah. Um, The number two is so powerful. And so, if you're ever first player and you don't have a two, You like feel like you've ruined your game because the two is like you get to take one of those little tiles that flips and then two die and like that's just a no brainer like you absolutely want to do that. Yeah, sometimes you get three die, sometimes you get to move one of those things over on the track. Um, so being able to copy that really really powerful action without spending a die is super powerful. So trying to hit those two at least for sure is a really good strategy too.
1: Yeah, and it's one fame point for every two dollars. That's how the tracks move.
0: Yeah. Have you ever uh, used the five on there? If you spend a five, you can rearrange the tiles on your like your kingdom. Um, I've never used that.
1: No, I didn't even know you could do that. I've never done I think done you it.
0: actually upgrade them is what you do. You can upgrade your tiles. but just. Oh, yeah, difference. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've never no, I've never done that.
0: I could see where it could be useful sometimes, but like really, I've never filled my board up very much. I mean, I guess if I worked myself into a dead end or something, it could be pretty useful. So I might need to explore that next time I play it. But I'm ready to play it again, to be honest. And, and I know I could say so this isn't as good as Voyages and Marco Polo. I do stand by that. But if you asked me to play one of those two right now, I think I'd probably play Rajas because it's just fresher to me.
1: Yeah, and it goes over well with people who don't play a ton of games. Like, I've played this with Katie and with a bunch of other people who don't play as much games as we do, and they've all had a really good time. So it's yeah. it's 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 a complicated game, a more complicated game that I enjoy playing. That's also not like Lizboa and turning people away. So I like that.
0: Well, I think it's the same core mechanic through the whole game. Like, yeah, pretty much. Use this iconography to do these things, and then you just have to explain how that same core action gets used a bunch of places. So it's not. Really hard to understand, but it's hard to master, you know? So it's it's a really good game, though. Yep, I agree. Definitely holds up. And I think it deserves to be a top 150 game on Board Game Geek. I don't know where it's at, but I think it should be there. Yeah, it'll, it'll get there, I
1: think, in a, in a little bit. It's only been out a couple years, maybe a year. It's not. so. It, it's
0: it's, got it's crazy time. it's an R&R game, too. Like, they put out games like Homestretch and then this one, you know? I mean, like...
1: That's true. This is, like, their most legit game, I think.
0: For sure. And, like, you can get it for 35 bucks. It's so cheap.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good deal. All right, so the next game I wanted to talk about is a game that I've done a video review for, so you can go check out our channel. But this is a biblical-themed game. It's called Portals and Prophets. And essentially what you're trying to do in this game is you're um, a person from today, and you're trying to go back in time in this time machine and witness biblical events taking place. So you're trying to get into the right city in the right century to witness like the parting of the red sea or noah building the ark or whatever. And you're doing this by moving your meeple around the board. So essentially what the game is, it's a a worker movement game. You're just moving around the board. You have four actions in pandemic style. And you're trying to get your meeple into this city, use cards as fuel for the time machine so you can play not just the century that you're allowed to play, but either centuries ahead or centuries behind. Because the, the way the game ends is you want to be the first person to play three New Testament cards. So you need to witness three New Testament events. And when that happens, the game ends. There's some set collection for how many different types of events like um, battles, uh, miracles, stuff like that. Whoever has the most of each of those gets some points. Um, there's some other different kinds of points. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. So if you like games like, uh, I'm trying to think what this is like. It's like Takedo kind of with the movement, but you can move wherever you want. And if you like set collection and biblical themes, I would say maybe go check out Portals and Prophets because it's fun. It's, it's it's a light game too, so it's not going to turn a bunch of people away unless they don't like the biblical theme. So yeah, that's Portals and Prophets.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound awesome. I mean, like I'm not trying to be mean, but... I don't know when you're describing this I just can't get back to past this like mental block I have um like I I think I don't know I grew up like really in church and they had like this Hanna-Barbera cartoon that was in our church library of these kids that like traveled through time to like go see like biblical events that happen and it was it gives me bad feelings like it was such a bad cartoon <laughs> series and then there was another one where their time machine was like a like lighthouse and they had this little robot guy i think it was called like Superbook or something i don't remember but like I, maybe out of the 500 people that listen to this episode one person's going to go oh yeah i vaguely remember that but yeah. it sounds like it's Superbook the board game i don't know um it sounds weird it sounds weird but it's actually kind of fun yeah i i don't know man it it's it would take some convincing for me to want to play this one, probably. And that's as somebody who like classifies himself as like a like evangelical Christian. So um, I don't know. It, it yeah. I, I'm I'm glad you're into it, man. Is this going to hang around in your collection for a while?
1: Yeah, it'll stay in my collection a while. It's not my favorite biblical game. Like I'll put that disclaimer out there. But as far as biblical games go, it at least has some game to it. Yeah, and you can also learn like scripture and stuff while you're playing. So it, yeah. it it would be good to play with maybe some churches or some you know like other Christians that you have over for a game night or something. But yeah, I enjoy it. It's not the greatest game in the world, but I did enjoy it.
0: This one sounds like one that you would play pretty well with Christians. Whereas Commission, like anybody can play that game and enjoy it. You know. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that.
0: Um, what is your favorite biblically themed game? Uh, it's either Wisdom of Solomon mm. or the Axe. Yeah, the axe looks really good, to be honest. The
1: axe is really good.
0: Yeah, well, cool. Uh, Well, Jason, I played, uh, I don't know, about the opposite of what you just talked about. Uh, <laughs> like horror monsters and campiness and nothing that's real. Um, <laughs> uh, before I get into that, I want to mention this. Uh, Oh, boy, this is not on the script, Jason. Uh, I played Black Angel. I'm not going to talk about it yet because I want to play it again. Um, I will say that. Um, so I'm gonna get another play of that in before I talk about it because it was really good, but it had some really significant issues with it. And I don't know if it was the group or if it was the game. And the other one that I I almost played, but I didn't quite get played, but I learned all the rules and did some like reading on it is Teotihuacan or however you want to say it. Man, that game's awesome, Jason. Like based on just reading the rules, and then you say it's not good. It makes me feel sad. The rules make it seem awesome, and I yeah, I just I just didn't love it. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's a big old rondelle with dice. I can't imagine you don't I, like it.
1: I'm as shocked as you are, man. Believe me, I was super pumped for it. I thought I was going to like it. It just it didn't sit with me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to try and get that one played this next weekend so I can talk about it next week. But it seems awesome too. I'm I'm going to be super disappointed if it's not good. I hope you're wrong, Jason.
1: You might. I mean, I'm in the minority. I think most people like it. I just I've just I heard like you
0: got to play it a few times to really catch the idiosyncrasies of it. And I'm not a few times play a game kind of guy before i make judgments sometimes so i'm trying to kind of remember that as well so i don't know yeah we'll
1: I, I played it twice and i still don't like it
0: yeah enough that you don't own it now
1: yep that's true
0: Ah, uh, woof um i should have bought your copy uh oh well uh all right what i did play though for real is an amazing game that you would hate um it's called horrified and it's one of those uh prospero hall games that came out at uh target and other big box stores came out around gen con time maybe a couple days before gen con um it's a co-op game you're doing your same standard co-op stuff you do four actions you flip a card and resolve its effects to fight against the actions you just did but the thing that makes this one totally cool and different is that it has these little mini games you play on every boss so for example uh The most basic minigame really isn't a minigame. It's just a thing you have to do. To get Dracula, you have to go crush all four coffins of his, which means have the right equipment that you've gathered to crush his coffin in four different spots. And then you put the crushed coffins on his little board. And then once you've done that, then you can actually fight him and defeat him. Um, A much cooler version is the creature uh, from the Black Lagoon or whatever, um, where you basically have to navigate this little boat on this little mini-map on the sideboard of his card. And you do that by playing, like, a sequence of objects that's like optimized to go get your boat through this little maze. Really cool. Uh, another one's like a little slider puzzle. So like the mummy has these little scarabs on this thing that you're trying. It's almost like you're trying to like un- unlock his combo lock on his on his tomb or something. Um, so you're sliding these little pieces around based on the stuff you gather out in the main map. So the way have those two things go back together, back and forth together in balance is awesome. And it reminds me of like Space Cadets, how you play those little mini like Android app kind of games um, to like do that in this game cooperatively. So it's not like you're playing them simultaneously. But it's like you're playing them after you do these main actions, and it's just really fun. Um, And it's a great game for the reasons uh, I mentioned, but also because this is one that you can play with younger kids on Halloween to be like, this is thematic for Halloween or something. But it's not going to freak them out. It's not going to give them nightmares because it's just so campy. Um, It's one that I think that you could play with non-gamers, and they'd really enjoy it because they all are familiar with the universal uh, in Universal Studios monsters, um, so everyone knows who Dracula and Frankenstein's monster are, and all these people. Um, so that's really fun as well, and it could it really does have more gameplay to the most the average person on the street's really played. So it's it's a lot of fun. It teaches some new hey, this is what board games can be. The final thing I'll say about it is the art in it and the component quality overall is really great. Um, like The matte finish on all the cardboard is really great. The art on it is phenomenal. It matches the theme so perfectly. It looks like old movie posters. And this this gives you as immersive a feel of being in this universe trying to fight these monsters in this village as I ever want to get from games like like uh, Eldritch Horror or things like that. So it's much lighter, a quicker game but it feels as rich and like as much like I'm trying to gather up stuff frantically to go fight these bad guys um, that you want get from most of those games it's not quite as involved as you know the arkham horror kind of games or whatever but i think it it really does kind of a lot of the same things feeling wise um mechanically very different but feeling wise thematically um in about a 40 minute package really just like it the component that does suck is that the little monster cards i was talking about and the cards themselves i think they're all printed on like little like plastic like really thin plastic so i think they're durable but they're just so thin. So I ran my monster sheets through the laminator. I had some laminating sheets at home um, and they're great now. Um, and then the cards I'll probably sleeve um, just to give them a little more thickness to them, a little more like just substance in your hands. But I really like it a lot um, to the point where I say this will be really in strong attention for when we, in about a few weeks, probably here do our top 10 games of 2019. That's cool. Did you say that you're playing as one of the monsters or you're fighting? No, you're the fighting? You're fighting against them.
1: Are you just random regular people?
0: Yeah, you have like a player power, but yeah. Oh, I the, gotcha. The, one of the one of the homebrewed things on BGG is you can play as Abbott and Costello, which is kind of fun. And there really is a like Abbott and Costello strategy right. in the game. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's awesome. really cool. Um, but no, you're playing against them. Like you're just like a nurse or a scientist or whatever. And you have player powers. So like the Explorer can morph anywhere on the board. They want to morph, but they only get three actions instead of four, you know, those kinds of things. So right. the little mini games make it though. That's what's so fun about it. The, the core of the game, the do actions and fight and resolve a card. We've seen that for 10 years now. I mean, that's been around forever, but those little mini games that incorporate into it really fun.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like. I know Prospero Hall is just like a collective, a design collective, but man, they come up with some good games for being like target exclusive most of the time. It's crazy.
0: That Trapper Keeper game that's out now too looks really cool.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It really does.
0: I mean, the box looks cool. I don't know anything about the contents of the box, but the box looks awesome. So
1: Yeah, I just just got that in the mail today. And inside you're trying to uh, collect homework and get your parental um, uh, permission slip signed by your parents. It's like a set collection game, but the the theme is amazing.
0: Yeah, it seems really interesting. Uh, it's too bad that the uh, little uh, the ones that we're setting out right now to reviewers, I think, are like tropical beach ones, not the cool little fake My Little Pony ones.
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted, but it's all
0: right. Yeah, I think if I pick that one up, I'm gonna get the My Little Pony one. But like, I, seriously, Prospero Hall is killing it, man. Yeah, they did Villainous too, right? Yep. Yeah,
1: that's nuts, man. And and Kara, like that
0: game seems crazy good too. Like, oh yeah, that is them. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, they have just some really interesting games in there, and yeah, that's crazy, man. I don't think anyone's seen Prospero Hall. Like he's been missing for a long time, but <laughs> again, that's a reference that if you follow us on YouTube or Facebook, you'll get. So, um, speaking of follow us on Facebook, I just posted on Facebook today, just before we went live. With Jason here, um, somebody on Reddit fixed the board game geek logo like that whole mess man i have a picture up of the fixed logo from reddit it is perfect they should pay this guy a thousand bucks and use his logo instead of the one they have just saying
1: I, i agree it's awesome
0: yeah go go look at our facebook page guys follow us and you can see it so anyway uh yeah all right well let's get right to it
1: All right, so this week, we are going to revisit our top 10 games of 2018. So we figure that we're far enough away from when we did this list that we've had some time to either play some of these games again or not play them again. And we just wanted to kind of reiterate our thoughts on where they may fall now.
0: Well, and and uh, you know what's crazy about this is I'm thinking about this, man... We're going to wrap up 2019 before we know it. So we we know that we're going to have to do somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 episodes on our top 100. That's just how we do, unless we figure out a better idea for that. And then we want to do our top of 2019. Um, And then maybe we even reorder these top 10 games in a real express list at some point. Right there, we're looking at like maybe 13 or, or so episodes for the rest of the year. And we don't have that many more weeks than that left in the air. So pretty crazy. Anyway.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. All right, so I'm going to jump right in with my number 10 that was on the list earlier. Or I don't even remember when we did this originally. Maybe May, February? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's been months and months ago.
1: So my number 10, whenever we did it, was Everdell. Yeah. And I've actually had a chance to play this a couple more times since then. And I would still say it's probably in my top 10. Huh. And Because the, the more I play it, the more I actually like it. The first time I played it, I didn't even love it that much but I still gave it in the top 10 just because of the arts and like art and the components. But the more I've played it and the more I've understood the tableau building of it, I actually appreciate it a little more. So still being in my top 10, I'm not sure where it would fall. I didn't do any of that, but I still think it's good enough to be one of my favorite games of last year. And that's Everdell.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful game for sure. I haven't had a chance to play this one yet, to be honest. Um, It looks cool. It looks like a good worker placement game. Basically. Um, I would love to, play it actually uh i think this is one that's actually going to hold up better than i thought i thought for sure it was a gimmick that that big tree was a gimmick but it seems like people are still playing it so uh good on them yeah
1: and i mean worker placement is minimal it's mostly probably tableau building which is you know i dig that so that's cool
0: yeah very cool uh Yeah, and this one's uh, from, uh, oh, what is it? The company that made- Starling. Yeah, Starling Games, uh, Black Orchestra Company. Uh, I know they've done a ton of other stuff, but that's amongst them. Um, Yeah, very cool. Uh, Jason, my number 10, I guess, uh, is Villainous, Disney Villainous. So, Prospero Hall again. Um, I like this game a lot, actually. I think it's a good game. I think it deserves a lot of the praise it got. But it's not going to be on my top 10 list for 2018 probably just for this reason. It's too weird of a game to get out very often. Um, it's something that appeals theme-wise and it appeals from the like art package and the general public kind of being marketed this game as like an entryway or gateway game. But you have to – whenever I play this game, you have to like read that little pamphlet and understand your way to win the game – Uh, study your rules it's like you sit in solitude around the table reading packets of information and understanding your cards looking through your cards for like 10 to 15 minutes before you even start playing the game so that like variable setup and that whole like multiple ways to win the game i think really kind of hurts this game it's one of the cool clever things in this game that makes it different and unique but at the same time the way how it's being marketed or almost packaged as a like gateway game or something that would appeal to to non-traditional gamers it doesn't work because that core mechanic of just using the cards and using those symbols and that like kind of like s- that side like action selection kind of mechanism um, is kind of a lot to wrap your head around. And then wrap around it beyond that, everyone has a different way to win the game. So I feel like they should have almost done it with like a double sided board for every villain, where every villain has that Prince John type thing, where you're just trying to get twenty power. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that would have made the game. Maybe better, but then you'd have to have two decks of cards for everybody. It'd be really hard to do. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's good for what it is. It's super ambitious, and I think it did a lot of good for the gaming community, but I just don't think it's for me. Um, I think this is one that I think I have moved to the garage, and it'll probably be sold in the next round of sales.
1: Yeah, I, I like this game, but I have a couple issues. One, it's super hard to teach to people because you got to teach everybody's their their own their own deck. So it's kind of like teaching somebody vast or root or something like that. And two, I think it takes too long. So this should be a 45 to an hour long game. And everyone I've played has been at least two hours and that's too long for this game. So I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I like the way you're moving your pawn on the board. That's all super interesting and fun to me, but just takes too long.
0: Dude. That's crazy that they've taken that long to, to wow. Wow. Yeah, all my I, ga- I, all
1: my games have been that long.
0: Might have been around an hour. I mean, maybe a little more at four players, even. But it's uh, usually what happens too, is like one person will get really lucky with their card draws, so like get three of their four wickets set up in the first three turns, and then everyone's just trying to stop them for the rest of the game. And so it feels like, hey, can we all collectively try and stop this person? Uh, maybe not. So yeah, um, that's that's true. It just feels that way sometimes too, uh, or like Peter Pan's on the boat already in the third round. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh boy, Captain Hook's definitely gonna win. You know? So I think that there's there's just a level of that um, that spoils it a little too. But exactly what you said. It's just it's tough to teach because everyone has different victory conditions. So um, yeah, I, I I don't think it would make the top ten. Yeah, and I,
1: if I didn't have the base set, I would probably just buy the new set because I want to play Yzma because is amazing. But That's neither here nor there. (laughs) Good enough. All right. So my number nine is definitely going to be off the list. And that game is called Gearworks.
0: Yeah, you Uh, liked this one quite a bit at one time. I
1: did. Like, I played it, I think I played it twice in a row when, when my buddy brought it over. And I had a great time. It's essentially like a grid. You're putting cards in a grid and you're trying to do some like math to get these cards to add up to certain numbers or make the colors match to make these contraptions. We started doing this outline and I don't think it deserves to be in the top 10. So this was a a mistake to be on the list, but it's a fun game. Just not top 10.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't hold up. It might, I just haven't
1: played it again and I haven't wanted to. So because of that, I have to knock it off. This is, when
0: you, this is when you strongly suggested to me. You, you thought I would really like this one. And I, so. st- I
1: still think you'd like it. I just don't think it's
0: as good as I thought it was. Huh. Interesting. Uh, this one might be hitting the, the bargain rack over at Miniature Market or something. Then That'd be interesting. Yep. I, I, I might want to play this one. We'll see. Uh, I want to experience it at least. So hopefully somebody around here has got a copy and I can play it once at least. But yeah, that's that's a little disappointing because people love this game. They talked about how it was just kind of different and cool. and Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, My number nine, Jason, is Guardians. Um, We had the designer on the show. I think I really loved that. And I think I really loved that um, this game was kind of like Overwatch, which I was really into at the time. Um, It's still a really good game, but my taste in games has just changed. And it continues to change. And those combative, head-to-head type games, um, I'm not super into now, I will say this. If someone says to me I love Smash Up, I would say, oh, man, if you like Smash Up, play Guardians instead because it's the, sh- the shuffle-building game. That's actually good, and it actually matters that you synergize different teams together and find those synergies to actually work as opposed to Smash Up, which is just made for laughs in my opinion. Hey, I've got the Beauty Queen Ninjas, and, like, they don't necessarily synergize at all, but it's fun to play with. you know. Well, this one, you're playing with three characters. You're trying to – Okay, this guy's ability is going to help this guy's ability trigger. And there's something with all the characters in there. Um, really, a little more strategic, too, on how you're trying to make those, like, you know, waypoints basically drop or whatever. So, um, Guardians, really, really cool. Um, really do like it still. This is one that my son really loved, too. So, it's in his collection now. Um, but he, I mean, occasionally will mention it to me or, or want to play it. And I think I played this one a couple times this year. Um, I, I don't hate it, it's not bad. Um, but my taste in games is. Really, it's it's continued to evolve. Um, I I think as we get higher on the list, KeyForge may not be as high as it would have been otherwise, um, and stuff like that. Just because those back and forth two player games, I just I like social aspects of gaming too much, and I don't like that whole like for me to make a point, I've got to hurt somebody else. You know what I mean? I like us to. Be able to kind of do solitaire, like do well, kind of stuff, and that Euro feel a little more. So the fact that this one's that back and forth kind of combat just kind of turns me off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I haven't played it. It's that's not something I'm interested in at all. So, not not for me.
0: Well, and I mean, I haven't heard. I haven't heard of anyone playing yeah, it really. To true. be honest, I mean, like I just I don't see it around. I I don't know what's going on with it. So. Um, it's something that they definitely had plans for a lot of expansions to happen. I just haven't seen a lot of community around it. I haven't seen it being publicized. I didn't see, I think a single big banner or poster for it at Gen Con. Um, so did you see anything about it at, at origins?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen anything.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, so, and I even, I even emailed the, Colin Flores who was on our, our show. I emailed him maybe a month ago and just said, hey, just thought I'd check in and see if you guys have any expansions or any news and I didn't hear anything back so I don't know he might have I might have gone to a spam folder or something but um, just sounds like there maybe wasn't maybe wasn't a whole lot to report so um, yeah, so that one's kind of falling off. yeah weird. Uh, my number eight I think is what, what we're on yeah and that is
1: spirits of the wild. And I've actually played this a ton since we made this list, and I still think it's good. I still think it holds up. It's quick. You can bang out a game in 10, 15 minutes. Uh, It has good production. It has easy rules. It's easy to play, easy to teach. And, I mean, it's just a good back-and-forth game where you're trying to outthink your opponent and score more points than them. So if you like two-player games that aren't, like, take-that games, then maybe go check this one out, Spirits of the Wild. It would still be in my top 10. I still like it.
0: Yeah, uh you love this game. I mean, and this is another one of those. I don't think this is Prospero Hall, but it's kind of the same idea, Hasbro kind of thing. It's it's Mattel, I think. Yeah. With that cool new Mattel logo though. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. Have you pl- have you not I played haven't. this one? I mean, it when you describe it, it sounds terrible to me. It sounds like the Chinese blossoming cherry tree that you're drawing things N- out of no. a bag and putting them on a mat. Like I'm like, "Oh, well how's that fun?"
1: No, it's a like a resource management like drafting kind of game. You're drafting these little stones and trying to get sets on this board. So it's not it's not a pressure lug game at all. It's just you're trying to outthink your opponent and kind of maybe take better gems than they are.
0: I see this one popping up on the on the different groups over, over on Facebook, like, and I see it on Instagram fairly frequently. People are still playing this game. It's got some legs, and this is one that I thought, as much as Jason's hyped about it, if it hits sixty percent off sale, I might pick it up because it's cheap to start with. I don't think I've seen it on sale at Target really yet either. So no, it's I mean it's only like twenty bucks. It's not yeah, terrible. Yeah, anyway. I mean, but I mean like eight bucks. I'm mean, it's a no brainer. So I mean, uh, true. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to splurge and do the whole 20 bucks on it at some point if it stays strong this long. So, yeah, very cool. Oh, boy. The cold medicine, Jason. Uh, <laughs> number eight for me is Temporal Odyssey. Um, this one I moved to a friend's house. Uh, it's a cool game. It has a good community behind it. Uh, like A lot of impassioned gamers play this game, level 99 games. Um, you're playing as like these basically like time travelers um, and using this time travel mechanic in there to like attack people in the future and the past. Um, kind of a neat game, very head to head strategic card combat game where you're using one of many different characters. Um, this is one that I think Keyforge might have really hurt um, because Keyforge was just so big and did a lot of what this game does. Um, so I don't know. I, that's just my hypothesis, um, but it's a good game. And this is one that if Keyforge didn't come out, I think we'd be seeing a lot more of it, um, but it's a good game. And I think it's still amongst my favorite level 99 games. Um, but I had a friend that just loves these kinds of games and plays them with his kids. So I gifted this one on over to him and, uh, haven't played it this year, but I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and he continues to like it. So I think it does hold up. Um, just my taste in games have changed again. So, um, yeah, Temporal Odyssey.
1: That's cool. I think level 99 has an issue where they just can't get buzz around their games except for maybe like millennium blades. Right. Um, or what's that other one? Pixel Tactics. That one's kind of popular, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, you're they exactly have, right. They have good art. Like, that Temporal Odyssey game looks amazing. But... Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and it's good production quality. Um, it's, it's a great game, really, by all accounts. But, again, you just nailed it. Like, they're just very niche with their appeal. So... It's like video gamers who like card games also are going to like these. And then Millennium Millennium Blades even, I mean, like, that's a game that I don't get to play very often, but I like it. And it's still my collection. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting.
1: Cool. Uh, The next game, number seven, I believe. Yes, seven. And that is a game that I played called Spell Smashers. And I've only played this once, but it's on my wish list on Amazon and I want to play it more. And essentially what this game is, it's a word game. You're using these cards to spell words to fight these monsters in the dungeon. When you kill these monsters, they're going to give you access to another letter that you have forever. And each of the letters have different elements. So there's earth, fire, wind, water. I think that's it. And some of the monsters are stronger against certain elements. Some of them are weaker against certain elements. So you're trying to make words, but you're also trying to be cognizant of the element that's on this word so you can kill the monster you're trying to get money when you kill the monster so you can go to the store and you can buy other things to help you kill monsters so if you like word games and you like dungeon crawls i would maybe recommend spell smashers and i still think this is one of the better games of last year and if i made this list now it would probably still be on there so that's spell smashers
0: yeah, this game, just hearing you describe it now, it sounds much cooler than when you've, I've heard people talk about it before, including when you've talked about it. Um, but, like, I always get the same vibe with this game that it feels like I haven't played it, so totally don't, don't believe what I'm going to say. But when you describe it, it sounds like somebody wanted to make a dungeon crawler for, like, um, kids to play in school to like learn their alphabet or something i don't know like the fact that it has like the word game thing built into it i know is really cool and an additional thing that doesn't have anything to do with education really but it just sounds like they're trying to make an educational dungeon crawler in my heart like but even though that's not the case at all and so i should give this one a shot i think i probably would like it actually
1: yeah it's fun it looks really nice too because it's renegade and they always make stuff look really nice
0: yeah, uh, number seven, Jason, for me. Yeah, I, eh, just seeing Renegade 2, Like, I'd love their games, man. So it's probably really good. I okay, I'll add it to my wish list, Jason. Um, all right, fine. It's on my wish list now. I'm gonna get it for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> my number seven, Jason. Just shut up. Let me talk, okay? Gizmos. <laughs> it's good. It's a good game. I don't care what you say.
1: I'll let you explain why it's not on the top ten anymore. Go ahead.
0: Uh, It is, man. Okay, it's not because Wingspan came out. Um, No, it's not bad at all. I mean, for the price point, for what it is, just a super simple engine building game, it's, it's good. It really is. It's really good for what it is. But it's just a super simple game. It's something I would get if I had like a nephew that was eight years old and I wanted to teach him engine building. It's just that simple and that just like elementary. Um, And it looks that way. Um, It's perfectly okay. Um, The marbles really do help the game to make it so it's quicker and just everything's better in it. I know that you kind of feel like it's broken because you can rush those cards. Uh, rush those level one cards, and no one can really build an engine. And that think I think that probably has some some element of truth to it. But all those positive things said, Wingspan came out, and I don't think this game does anything better than Wingspan. And Wingspan does a lot of things better than this game. So I have a choice to play Wingspan or Gizmos. I'm playing Wingspan every time, and it's it's gonna feel enough similar that. Uh, It just, I don't know. I don't know where Gizmos exists at in this ecosystem. So uh, number seven, not Wingspan, Gizmos, Wingspan, the better game. And I think that this game kind of suffered because a a better version came out and kind of fired this one. So uh, Jason, you can rail on it now if you'd like. All
1: right. I'll give it one positive. It is available and Wingspan is not.
0: I think you can get Wingspan for like maybe double MSRP now.
1: Yeah. But I mean, gizmos is everywhere. So if you want a game, you can get gizmos. But now on to my actual points. It's like 25 bucks too. Yeah. It is really cheap. It is. Um, so I play a lot of games and I usually like most games. Like, even if it's not a game that's my style, I'll think, yeah, that was not bad. You know, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Respect it at least. Yeah. This game, I hate this game. Like, it's not even. Close. It's the worst game I have played in a long time. I hated it. Every time I think about it, it makes me angry. I'm getting angry right now just talking about it, so I'm done.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's right, how so- I feel about Bargain Hunt. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Bargain yeah.
1: Hunters? Bargain Quest. Bargain Quest, yeah. You just need to play it again. Maybe yeah. that's my problem with Gizmos.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, let's not... Let's not make each other do that. Let's just be okay with not doing that. There's too many other good games. Yeah, that's fine.
1: All right. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about a game that you really like. And my number six is Legend of the Cherry Tree. (laughs) You love this game. Yeah. So I still enjoy this. This is a push-your-luck game. I've talked about it a ton. I've done a video for it. You guys who listen to the podcast should all know what this game is by now. But if you don't, let me talk about it again, because I know Joel loves hearing about it. So what you do is you're reaching into this bag. You're pulling out these little cherry blossom leaves, and you're trying to get certain colors behind this player board and in front of your player board to score a pile of points. It's normal push-your-luck stuff, so if you draw certain colors out, you can bust. And you're just trying to be better than everybody else and maybe not pushing your luck every time. So, this is probably my second favorite push-your-luck game. My first one is probably the Quacks of Quedlinburg. But this one is definitely top 10 worthy. And if I made this list now, it would probably be in the top five. That's how much I like this game. So, the legend of the cherry tree that blossoms every 10 years.
0: You probably also want a a smartphone. After you talked about how much you hate gizmos, that you are feeling your blood boil just thinking about that game... (laughs) (laughs) Follow it up with talking about how great Legend of the Cherry Tree is. It is great, man. It is. All right, man. Agree to disagree. Uh, (laughs) I think I told my real thoughts on this game that my first play of this was at the end of a long game of day, day of gaming, cold medicine, bud. Uh, It was at the end of a long day of gaming, and it was... I don't know. I just I, I pushed my luck and bumped bonked out first round and I had to push my luck every other round to try and get back into it and never could. Yeah. So it felt like a just pointless game to me. Um and it like, was, I, I don't feel like it, it was rewarded just... you for pushing your luck, really too. So I don't know. Yeah, it was
1: your downforce of
0: the night. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess if you're trying to say that a game that some people don't like, but it's really actually amazing, then yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly what I'm saying.
0: Well, I don't know. I just and then I didn't feel like this game really rewarded pushing your luck as much as other games do. I don't know. It felt like it. It really rewards being conservative.
1: It doesn't as much. Yeah, I would agree that it's less of a push your luck game and more of a maybe know when to stop game. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. So if you can't do that, then yeah, it's not going to be the game for you for sure. I
0: had bad luck in the game too. So when you have no luck, you can't push anything. So
1: right, yeah. I don't know. Um,
0: I mean, it's just it's probably an okay game. And I think I if I, I if I played it again, I mean, I'm man enough to admit that when I hate a game once, if I play it again, I may not hate it again. Jason, not all <laughs> of us are that man. Enough, so
1: <laughs> I would play Gizmos again. I I actually would. I would. I'd, pro- I'd probably hate it.
0: You. I mean, you just. I mean, like if you're if you're playing games with me, we aren't going to play it because I sold my copy or traded it um, and have wingspan. So we're going to play that instead. So. Right. Yeah. True. Um, and if you bring this game, I'll probably do what my mom said. Don't say anything at all because <laughs> I want everything else to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my number six. Well, wow, I guess we're to me now. Uh, this game is one that. Went out of print. It was a Kickstarter. I got a Kickstarter edition from my local retailer because he did a retail backer backing edition of it. It um, was a really good game, and it was worth a ton of money. And I was like, man, I am in a trade. I literally traded this game for two splatter games and one other big box game because it was just that hot. And that's Western Legends. Um, and I'll tell you what, Jason, now that it's back in print and you can find it places, I miss it and I want it back. So uh, this is one that I think I'll probably – end up putting back in the collection it's just such a good just open go play however you want to play have little mini games you can play you can go give money to the ladies and win the game that way you could if you wanted to play cards win win games of cards and then go spend the money on on ladies doing what ladies did in the old west and and win the game (laughs) i mean like you could play it that way you could you could play as a guy who's gonna buy a mule and just mule nuggets from the mine back to the town or to the bank and just get victory points by doing that. You could play as a outlaw who's going to try and kill the guy trying to move the nuggets over there. And it all plays so smooth and so well together. I think this one's right where it should be at probably number six for last year. And I think it's going to stay there.
1: This is one that I actually do want to play. I'm not a huge fan of the open sandbox style games i like i like my games that have some restrictions like hey you can only do this or you can do this and this but when you have all that stuff it kind of overwhelms me but i think the theme is cool and i would definitely try it one time just to see if it's something that i may dig
0: yeah it's i i dig it man um for sure i dig it um so this has not been a short episode necessarily, but I'm not sure the next week's is going to be any shorter. So I'm going to just go through and just mention some games that I don't think made my list last year um, that I played this year or I've picked up and taken more of an interest in. And amongst those is Root. Uh, that was really popular last year, won a lot of awards, and I think it's probably a really good game. I mean, I just kind of downplayed it a little bit, but I think it's probably something I want to experience and play uh, quite a bit. Um, uh, on that list also is uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg. I didn't get a chance to play it last year. I know it's technically a 2018 game. I think we should allow this one on our 2019 list because I don't know of anybody in North America who had this game in 2018. Um, I mean, I don't know anybody who went to Essen, and I don't think it was really available here. Um, I would even say it's probably the same thing for Tia Tawakan, Um, even though I haven't played it. I mean, like, I think that might have been a Gen Con release and very limited release, but I think it's one that, too, like, I didn't get a chance to play. Chronicles of Crime is one I've gotten to play since then, um, own it don't like it so yeah i don't don't like it either it kind of blows man like it it's just one person plays the game and the other people watch him play is what it feels like to me so yeah
1: like i thought it was going to be awesome because tom vassal was like raving everybody was raving i was like man i'm kind of pumped to play this and then i played i was like eh
0: you know what didn't make my list last year too that i mean it would absolutely make it this year i think it's worth mentioning and i don't think it made your list either dude Gong. That game's really good. Like, it has really aged well with me. That's I That's because we didn't get it
1: until 2019. We didn't? I don't is that think true?
0: So. I don't think so. That might be true, too. Man, that one should be qualified for 2019 as well. It's it's pretty darn good.
1: Oh, yeah. Not playing at two players. Every other player count is amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, underwater Cities, I haven't had a chance to play. That was last year. I would love to play that. Um, so some of these games we're just not ignoring, but, like, we didn't get to play them last year. Um Newton, I don't think that made our list, but I don't think we played it till this year.
1: Yeah, I didn't play it till this year.
0: Dice Throne season 1, that probably would have made my list too over the two games that were like head-to-head games from last year that were on my list. Um so, I mean, just a lot of good things, man. So, where would, I don't think Newton's on your list either. Where would it have fallen?
1: Oh, Newton would be top 5 for sure. It might be number 1. Like that I like that game a ton.
0: Yeah, a ton. It, it's one of those games that like, when you look at it, it doesn't look awesome, but then once you see it start going together and playing, it, it'd be amazing. It's amazing. Not it would be amazing. It is amazing. What do you think the highest ranked game from 2018 is, Jason?
1: Uh, Let's see. Probably not Newton. Gloomhaven, is that 2018? No. Nope. Is uh, that 2017? Like
0: se- 17 or 16, even, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. It's one that neither of us put on ours, and I'm sure, not sure you've played it yet. Um, I own it and have played it once, and that's a shame. Um, Brass Birmingham.
1: Oh, yeah, I haven't played that. Which is
0: kind of a cheat because it's really brass, you know? Right, yeah, it's
1: a re-implementation.
0: But number 12, that's wild. Where's regular brass? Uh, I don't know, around there. Maybe top 20. I think it's number 20 maybe exactly, last time I looked. That's crazy, dude. I I think Birmingham's a little better, to be honest. It just feels a little more open. I wonder if Imaginarium is from 2018. Oh, yeah. Uh, I maybe it might not be in the top 1,000 games, is what I'm looking at right now. So, dude, that game would be in my top 10 if it's
1: 2018
0: because I enjoy it a lot. You are a champion of that game, you love it. It's super fun, dude. You know, a game definitely fell off the radar from 2018 that I don't see anyone talking about. And at one point, people were trading whole big box games to reviewers on this channel for their little stupid waterproof deck. Oh. <laughs> Palm Island, Palm Island, <laughs> yeah. You laughed all the way to the post office on that one, man. (laughs) I know, dude. I got
1: Snowtonia (laughs) for that thing.
0: That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, Imaginarium's
1: 2018.
0: Uh, Architects of the West Kingdom, I haven't played that one yet, and I think I would like that one, too. It's pretty good. I I don't love it, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we'll probably talk more about stuff that we missed in 2018 next week, but um, that's all I've got for this week, man. That cold medicine's getting strong.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel good this week, finally, and now you're coming down with it.
0: Yeah, well back to school, man. Those kids bring the viruses back to school. Uh, yeah. and kids are the worst. Oh, and and you know what? In closing, I'll just mention this. Uh, Empires of the Void will be something I talk about next week. This might be a little bit of a spoiler, but I've got a trade proposal for Empires of the Void too. So <laughs> We'll see if that happens. Uh, update next week. Uh, if you haven't been to our YouTube channel recently, go there. We are doing so much more on there, and we're getting so much better at our videos. Jason... Um, I just watched your vinyl review and I am blown away at the improvements I've seen on your channel or on your videos. You've done such a good job on there, man. So really like your videos. Uh, And maybe someday when we do our top five favorite board game boys, I don't know, maybe you'll make my list, Jason.
1: (laughs) I don't think I would make my own list, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't hate yourself. It's it's like hearing Tom Waits talk about if you would want to collect vinyl on a cardboard game.
1: He probably would.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely would. He'd want to collect his own records, probably.
1: It would be uh, if he was playing that game, though, it would be Wom Tates because they can't actually say his name because they get sued.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, that's one of the gags I have. If you aren't watching our YouTube channel, um, my horrified review, watch it. It's fun. Like It's just a fun video. Like, it has a I try and do opening sketches that are a little bit funny, to me at least. I'm I'm having fun with them. And then I try and put some gags inside my videos even too. Cause I mean I'm just tired of watching the same videos where they're just dry and like, okay, I get it. I'm trying to put some entertainment value in there. So one of the things I, I do in this video, like I'm gonna spoil it a little bit, but there's it's just a fun video. I have a little like uh I, I just kinda say that I'm not sure what fair use laws are, so I'm not sure if I can say the monsters' actual names. So I call like the Wolfman uh i call him the dog sir and and (laughs) i call the invisible man uh uh oh you can't see my bones now so i better go (coughs) steal stuff so uh yeah so at any rate that's just the kind of fun stupid stuff i'm doing now that's funny yep all right jason well i've been joel and i'm jason and i traded for a copy of indulgence last week looking forward to play that
1: uh you lucky dog keep gaming that bad bad boy
0: (laughs) i hope to keep gaming You can definitely feel the cold medicine in there.